I came across an article titled The 15 Luxuries That Americans Cannot Live Without. And so I thought it'd be interesting just to list the 15 and maybe each of us can reflect upon which, uh, if any, um, we just can't live without. I'll go from uh, descending order, so from 15 to number one. All right, number 15, cable, which if you're under 35, I know you don't care, but <laughs> buying lunch, streaming services, if you're under 35, you do care, international travel, eating out, the microwave, ooh, that's a big one for me, large mattresses, interesting, dishwasher, that's big for me, I hate doing dishes, in case you were wondering, that is a huge lifesaver, uh, beauty products, definitely live without that, um, domestic travel, all right, now we're in the top five, number five, premium mattress, not to be confused with the large mattress, so mattresses are very important to Americans, apparently. And uh, number four, a dryer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Although, oddly enough, washing machine didn't make the list, so, uh, but dryer did. Number three, I like this one, pets. Number two, Wi-Fi, so true. And number one, you guessed it, smartphones. I thought it was interesting though because there's probably a few more we could definitely add to the list, but I see a world that is more capable than ever before at providing comfort and convenience. We've become more efficient and more comfortable than ever before, especially in America, and yet somehow we have not escaped the experience of pain. Somehow, the reality of suffering is still deep within our life. How is that so? In a nation with so much wealth, in a nation with so much technology and so much development and so many people dedicated to making this world a good place, how is it so that we still experience so much suffering, even on a personal level. The odd thing about suffering is that whenever we suffer with something specific, we tend to be consumed by it because it hurts. It, it, it's so easy for us to not be able to think about anything else except for the pain. If you're, if you're having you know, um, back pain, you just cannot stop thinking about the fact that your back hurts. And, and it's the same with mental suffering or emotional suffering. Like, it just consumes our thoughts and our attention. And we'd have this way of kind of almost turning in on ourselves because we just can't help it. We either focus on the pain or we focus on ourselves. But in so doing, it's so easy for us to lose sight of Jesus. gospel for today is a very hard teaching. It's a hard one, but it's at the very heart of the gospel message.
because Jesus essentially tells us that the path to God is the way of the cross. Essentially, Jesus prepares us for self-denial and tells us that it's not optional because we can't avoid suffering. Jesus prepares his disciples, in fact, on a number of occasions for his looming passion and death and resurrection. He warns them because he knows it's going to be difficult. He knows it's going to be confusing. And so Jesus, throughout the Gospels, kind of prepares his disciples for that moment. And today in Mark chapter 8, we have the first time that Jesus prepares his disciples for that. And uh, the first time in Mark's gospel. And, and Jesus tells them that the Son of Man, he, Jesus Christ, is going to have to suffer greatly. So much so that he's going to be rejected and killed. But he's going to rise three days later. Jesus gets very clear. Peter pulls him to the side. Because Peter loves Jesus. Peter is committed to Jesus, and he cares about Jesus, and he doesn't want Jesus to suffer. So he pulls him aside and says, Jesus, what are you talking about? No, like, this can't happen. The Bible says Peter rebuked Jesus. Peter wasn't kindly saying, oh, Jesus, come on, please don't say that. Peter was forcefully rebuking Jesus for the words that he just said. Out of a desire to love him, to care for him, to, to say, Jesus, I care about you. I don't want you to suffer, so it's not going to happen. And Jesus says these gut-riching words right into the eye of Peter. He says, get behind me, Satan. Imagine Jesus looking you in the eye and telling you those words. Get behind me, Satan. Peter wasn't trying to be satanic. But what Peter was doing was that he was, with all his might, trying to avoid suffering at all costs. And Jesus considered that desire satanic. This is a hard teaching. Jesus goes on to say that if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. He doesn't say you should he doesn't say that if you want to be my disciple, maybe you could. He says you must. This is hard. Jesus says that self-denial is not optional. But why would he say that? Because Jesus understood so well that self-denial was a prerequisite for true divine love. Because divine love is about self-gift. It's about giving yourself for the sake of another. And it's hard, but Jesus shows us what it looks like by dying on the cross and rising three days later. And he says that if you want to be his disciple, if you want to follow him, you have to deny yourself and take up his cross. In other words, Jesus shows us what love looks like and demands that we follow the same path. This is hard. He goes on to say that he who loves his life will lose it. No, he says he who, who saves his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake and for the gospel will save it. Because he, he identified that a great paradox happens. You see, whenever we focus so much on ourself, self-discovery, self 
improvement. And whenever we focus so much on our pain, trying to analyze it, to run away from it, to avoid it, we, we lose sight of Jesus. But whenever we turn our eyes to Jesus Christ crucified, we deny ourselves and we forget ourselves, and we're in a greater position to give ourselves in a true act of love to God and to neighbor. Because suddenly our suffering becomes a source of mercy for others. It's a way that we can connect to others in a, a truly intimate way. That there's nothing like suffering that really brings people together and unites them. And somehow in a mysterious divine way, when we unite our suffering to Jesus Christ on the cross, we discover the resurrection, even on this side of heaven. We discover new life. But it only happens through the grace of Jesus. It only happens whenever we turn our gaze away from our navel and towards Christ crucified. This teaching is hard. I, I too struggle with this. I, I see in my own life so many times where I, I try to avoid suffering. I try to avoid discomfort at all costs. I try to take the most convenient and easiest route. And as I get caught up in that trap, I start to notice that I'm, I'm just more and more selfish. I'm less and less concerned about others, especially the suffering of others. And my life is so self-centered that I start to have an unhealthy self-reliance that becomes a barrier in my relationship with God. Jesus is very clear today at the heart of the gospel that self-denial is not optional because it's in self-denial that we discover love. And it's in love that we encounter Jesus Christ who saves us. So I want you to consider for a moment how are you suffering right now? Are you suffering right now? Some of us have chronic pain. Perhaps you have maybe chronic back pain or, or neck pain or, or knee joint pain. Maybe you're struggling with an actual illness like cancer or Lyme's disease. Some of us are suffering emotionally because our family is torn apart or Maybe we're watching someone suffer, and that's just so hard for us. Maybe you're suffering mentally because you're, you're filled with anxiety about the state of the world. Maybe you just can't sleep at night because you're just restless and nervous, stressed. Or maybe you're suffering spiritually on a deeper level. Maybe your prayer has been dry. It's been desolate. God has seemed distant and silent. This is very important. Don't run from it. Don't run from it. Because that's not the way of the cross. When we run away from suffering at all cost, we become more and more self-preoccupied. But whenever we learn the divine art and mystery of redemptive suffering, of turning our gaze to Jesus in the midst of our suffering, 
it's right there that we encounter Christ. It's right there that we're most intimate with the Lord and authentically ourselves. That we're just the most vulnerable before God in our deepest suffering and sorrow. It's a great mystery of our faith, but this is where real spiritual maturity comes about because it's there in the darkness and the pain and in the sorrow that God wants to meet us. We all suffer in some way. And we're all going to die one day. That's for certain. We don't go searching for suffering. There's no need. There's plenty of it. But we're not afraid of it either. Christians are not afraid of suffering in this life. We could spend our entire life running away from suffering and trying to avoid it at all costs, or we can unite our suffering with Jesus Christ on the cross. If we fear suffering and death more than we fear hell, then we have a perspective problem. And I fear that far too many of us are preoccupied with the suffering of this world, and we've lost our divine perspective. Jesus tells us that self-denial is not optional. This is hard for me. I know it's hard for many of you. It's not optional, but it's a prerequisite for love, and it's only through love by which we are saved. So today, as we continue with Mass, my, my invitation for all of us is, is to identify where are we suffering most? Where in our heart are we experiencing that pain? And I invite us all to lay that onto the altar, to unite it with Jesus Christ crucified, who does not separate suffering from the resurrection. Jesus Christ, who understood that it's to, to, in, to enjoy the resurrection, he had to enter through the crucifixion, and he invites us to do the same. Jesus, who gives us real hope, and whenever we unite our suffering with his, we experience that real joy of new life. My invitation is to lay it on the altar to be a real Christian witness of redemptive suffering because that is what this world really needs and that is at the heart of the entire gospel. Amen.